You are now tuned in to the Chaotic Culture Podcast. It's the KKP on your mother flipping airways. Hear the name ringing through the halls and the stairways. You are listening to a bar that can segue. All the latest topics guaranteed to fill your headspace. It's a safe place to voice your opinion. Say what you feel just like you're a kid again. Kid to pro and friends, black as obsidian. Chaotic culture, that's the world we living in. So, what's the word? Alright, 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 alright. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Cat Culture Podcast, a pod with chaos rules and black culture is elevated and supreme. This is your boy, Ked the Pro, the host and the creator of the Cat Culture Podcast. This is going to be a bonus episode here. Today, we are going to do a wrestling review. So, this will be the first ever chaotic review. So, uh, tune in. Uh, I've I thank you for if you do uh, get a chance to watch us on Patreon. The video will be exclusive to Patreon and may drop on YouTube. Maybe I'll, I'll have to think about that. Uh, the actual episode itself or the bonus episode will appear on all digital streaming platforms on uh, either Monday night or Tuesday morning, just depending on how I'm feeling. And uh, we'll see how it goes, man. You know, I, I've always liked doing reviews, whether they be movie reviews or wrestling reviews. So I definitely wanted to take the opportunity to incorporate that within the Chaotic Culture podcast. This, this is something new that we're doing for season five. And I'm really excited about it because I get to talk about my favorite shit and review it. And you get the opportunity to tell me whether I'm on the money or whether I'm bullshitting. But <laughs> either way, you know, I definitely appreciate you guys tuning in. I hope that you enjoy this review. So uh, for those who do not know, I am a big, big wrestling fan. Like <laughs> I'm a big wrestling fan. Now I'm getting more into AEW. I tried it like when it first came out and it was very hit and miss for me. And that's not to say that the wrestlers aren't talented. It's just that sometimes the story lines can be kind of choppy but still i'm getting more invested in that i I was not the biggest fan of cm punk so when of course when he made his big big return to aew obviously i was kind of like okay and and it's not to say that cm punk isn't a great talent it's just i was not the biggest fan of cm punk and who he is as a person like maybe it's just philip brooks the person that I have the issue with, but clearly I'm not the only one who feels this way because he is no longer with AEW. He was fired with cause. So that in mind, of course, I want to try and watch more impact, but I don't have access TV and it's just really, really difficult trying to get that. Even if you have like a streaming platform, access TV is not a part of any of the channels that I have whether it had been on YouTube TV or Hulu Live TV, I just don't have access TV. Now, I may have to look at it again to see if it might have popped up, but that's just me. And then trying to watch it on a Thursday when I got so many other things going on is just really, really incredibly difficult. But that being said, sometimes I don't even watch Raw and SmackDown when it first drops. I have to catch the reruns. And that's the same with NXT just because I'm so busy. But that being said, I have been a big fan of NXT even back in the black and gold days now when it became NXT 2.0 yeah I don't know how I felt because you could tell that this was a Vince run product with uh what whatever I forgot what one of his just men was um brother love I'm going to just leave it at that because I can't think of his real name right now. But you could tell that it was a brother love and Vince run production. Now, when Shawn Michaels took over as the booker, things started to slowly begin to change. Now, granted, it wasn't the same black and gold NXT that Triple H ran. It did get the gold lettering back, but you can still tell that the NXT brand was still catering to building up that new talent. 
But now they have enough talent where they can have these five-star matches or these great, incredible stories and these characters that actually still fit the WWE mold and being entertaining. The characters that we first saw in NXT 2.0 were kind of, eh, okay, starting out a little bland, but... And then you could tell, like, the wrestling prowess was not all the way there. But as those characters continue to grow under Shawn Michaels, you can now see how they're being developed. And and honestly, it's working. It really is working this time. So I'm just hoping that when they get called to the main roster, they're not being wasted away, just like some of our favorites were during the black and gold era. So fingers crossed that the NXT brand is really, really pushed as the developmental And so far, it's been looking good. And fingers crossed that whoever gets called up to the main roster won't just be sitting and catering, wondering what to do next. So I'm definitely loving where NXT is going. And I hope that they continue to be innovative and continue to have these great matches and these great stories as as well as these great characters, or at least have semi-decent characters. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes the characters that come out of NXT have been kind of, uh, yeah, okay. One thing I want to talk about before we actually get into the grading of NXT No Mercy, the matches and the uh, card overall, is that you can tell that Shawn Michaels had big plans for Mustafa Ali. And it's really just the same that WWE slash TKO just released him. It caught everybody off guard. It caught Shawn Michaels off guard. And it's really crazy because Ali was slated to go against Dominic Mysterio for the North American Championship at No Mercy. And from the way that those results came about, you probably could have guessed that Ali was billed to win. And he's no longer here now. So with that in mind, if you have not watched NXT No Mercy, spoiler alert, we will be spoiling the matches here. But if you have and you want to tune in and, you know, listen to my grades and how I felt about each of the matches, then stick around because we going to get into it. So the first match was actually a pre-show match, and we haven't gotten one of those in a minute for NXT or for any main roster uh, matches in a while. Like We haven't had like a pre-show match for a PLE in a minute. So this one was, of course, Kalani Jordan versus Blair Davenport. Now, I knew that... Kalani was not winning. Let's let's just be honest because Blair is the technically the veteran here and Kalani is one of those uh NIL names that has been training at the Performance Center for a long time. Like for those who don't know Kalani Jordan, she it was a gymnast at I believe University of Michigan. Quote me if I'm wrong, either University of Michigan or Michigan State. I want to say Michigan State. Let me I I think that's I think that is the correct answer. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me to lie, but I'm going to look that up just to be absolutely sure because God forbid that I'm wrong on that. But still, she was a gymnast and you can tell just from the uh way that she moves in the ring that she was a part of uh a gym team. Uh, that's probably the wrong way to say that. But still, you can just tell that she was a former gymnast, just the acrobatics that she had, uh, just the way that she moves in the ring. It's it's really crazy. And it is Michigan State. So I apologize, Kalani, if you ever hear this and I said that you were a gymnast from University of Michigan, I sincerely apologize. You are a Spartan through and through. But in any case, I, I definitely wanted to talk about this match because this was the first time that Kalani actually had a match on a PLE. 
and it was against Blair Davenport. Now, again, we did not expect Kalani to win, and she did not. However, this match here was to showcase Kalani's abilities, and what I saw from Kalani, Kalani was absolutely amazing. Like, it just there were some different different techniques that she had like she had uh, a cutter where she actually had Blair Davenport in like the front headlock but was able to swing around the uh the ropes like almost like uh the Constantine special for uh Ilya Dragunov she was able to swing around the ropes with uh Blair in her head and drop her into a stunner or a cutter and that shit looked pretty beautiful it could have been a lot smoother but if she's able to get that off that looks amazing she also was able to hit a uh, playmaker on uh, Blair Davenport and for those who don't know that was MVP's finish and that was Randy Orton's old finish I believe he called it the old drive but anyway she hit that playmaker neck breaker where she puts you know leg over a person's neck grabs their arm and then slams them down uh so yeah she was able to hit that of course they we got a one two ooh off of that and one of the things that I also saw was her hit a uh, backspring elbow, but it was unique in how she did it. It wasn't like how Ch- Tajiri used to do it back in the day. I believe she added a, a, a an additional backflip to that. Uh, but uh, regardless of that fact, uh, she tried to go for a split leg and moonsault. Blair got the knees up, and then Blair hit her with a Falcon Arrow for the one, two, three. Now. I'm not a fan of Blair Davenport's Falcon Arrow because it just looks kind of eh. It would be a great setup for her finish, which I believe is that brutal knee strike that she has where she like has the opponent's arms and then she just comes at them with the knee. I think that's a better finish for her, whereas the Falcon Arrow is just kind of like she could put more oomph on it or if she actually sits out with it then okay because the falcon arrow was once upon a time a finisher but the way that she did it just kind of looked it didn't look smooth at all and maybe that's just because i don't know if kalani was in the right position don't i don't know but still uh the match overall i don't really want to give this a grade just because it's a pre-show match and that in mind it really wasn't here to show off the how the card was going to be it was really just to show off kalani jordan and what we can expect from her from the women's breakout tournament that's coming this week but if i had to give this a grade i would probably say this is a solid c plus b minus uh just to to try and be fair to what it is but it was still a good match now i gotta talk about the crowd here because the crowd at bakersfield california they were into this entire pay-per-view and they really made this event what it was it made the event so so much better they were even hyping up the pre-show match so you got to give credit to that crowd because they really really brought another level to this ple so hats off to the crowd in bakersfield california you definitely made no mercy what it was let's talk about the opening graphics like how they used the the no mercy game as part of the graphics for the uh for the show like whoever put that video package together using those uh no mercy graphics that you know from the nintendo 64 bravo bravo man y'all did y'all thing y'all really really made that uh video package great and shout out to all the video packages that were made for these matches especially for the nxt championship and the nxt women's championship y'all really really came through who whatever y'all are being paid it's not enough (laughs) it really is not enough so definitely definitely shout out to y'all for that video package 
package. So let us start with the first match of the night, which was Braun Breaker versus Baron Corbin. And we got some special interests for these two superstars here. So, of course, for those who are not familiar with Braun Breaker, of course, he is the son of the legendary Rick Steiner and the nephew of the legendary Scott Steiner. And the dude was, for the longest time, one of the longest reigning NXT championships, champions in history. And he had his baby face run, and now he's in the middle of his heel run, which he's actually doing incredible heel work. Like, he was built to be a heel. Now, he that's not to say that he can't be a good baby face, but his baby face run didn't get stale. But his heel run so far has been phenomenal. The one thing that I just... I really don't understand WWE with this is that their love of the spear finisher. Like I don't get it. There were so many people who had the spear as their finisher. I mean, you had edge who coincidentally, coincidentally enough is no longer signed with WWE because they let his uh, deal expire and he has not resigned. So he's probably on his way to AEW at the time of this recording, but you have him, you've got Bobby Lashley who has the spear, and now you've got Braun Breaker who has a spear. And then you got Roman Reigns that has the spear as a finisher. Like, there's too many people who have the same finisher. Like, can we get some sort of variation of, of it? Or I don't know. Like, a spear is a simple football tackle for real, for real. But there are those that look better than others. I will give Braun Breaker credit. His spear looks absolutely terrible. Like, it looks like if you got hit with that, like, all the breath is just going to get knocked out of you. And then you he might crack a couple of ribs. I will say that Roman Reigns' spear has definitely looked better now, and Bobby Lashley probably has the most fluid spear because when he actually spears you, he rolls over into it, so it makes it look <laughs> it makes it look unique. But I just I really just want a a new finisher or, or somebody to not use the spear anymore because it's an overused finisher. That's just my hot take. Look, even Charlotte Flair on SmackDown used the spear as a finish. And I'm like, what happened to natural selection? Couldn't we just stick with that? But that's neither here nor there. Let's get back to talking about the match. Braun Breaker actually comes out in that uh, wolf skin or that dog skin. And for those who don't know, of course, he's he's meaner than evil. He's got that dog in him. And, of course, if you know Rick Steiner's history, he was always called the dog face gremlin. So naturally, his son has embraced, you know, being that big. The I don't want to call it the big dog because that's Roman Reigns's old persona. But you could tell, you know, that's part of his character. So he came out, of course. And then you got baron corbin who actually tapped into his inner american badass and came out on the motorcycle and rolled around the ring with the uh motorcycle mask covering up his face now of course this match didn't begin immediately in the ring ron breaker came out to meet baron corbin and they fought ringside they fought in the crowd it, it was a really really interesting start to the bout because this was not a no disqualification match this was just a regular match but just some of the stuff that they were doing outside the ring, uh, it just added elements to the match itself and to the story. And the referee, I guess, just had a call and was like, you know what, just let them play it out. And I, I really couldn't ask for anything better. This was actually a really good match to start the card. I, this one was the one that surprised me. I was not expecting it to be great because not to say that I don't care about Braun Breaker or Baron Corbin, but I kind of don't care about Baron Corbin. And that's no shade on him. He's a great worker. I just never really cared about his character. But I'm seeing, you know, that NXT has been a breath of fresh air for him. So I'm hoping that 
this will turn out to be something and i hope that maybe i can get invested in you know his characters uh, so with that in mind they there was a lot of spots in this match that i just wanted to point out and i'm gonna try and be quick i'm not gonna try and be long-winded you had that at one point or another uh baron corbin hit not a, a deep six which was more like a deep 12 because he added like a couple of extra rotations and on his spinning backdrop for those that don't know what a deep six is but the way that he dropped braun breaker was who boy he he dropped him like he drove him into the ground for that one two ooh. so uh definitely shout out to that spot uh definitely got to talk about the spear on the outside of course it looked devastating as well there was an instance where Braun was rushing him uh, and there was a, uh, I think there was a table spot, one that did not give. Uh, I I think I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head with actually, I'll actually having to go back and watch, but there was one spot on the table that where the table did not break. And I think that was Braun breaker slamming uh, Baron Corbin onto the table. But then there was another spot where Braun was charging him and, Baron Corbin actually lifted him up into a pop-up choke slam and slammed him through the announcer table. And this time the table actually g- gave out. But the craziest part of it was that Braun Breaker sat up like the Undertaker like five seconds later. Like he no-sold that shit. It was almost like the end of NXT where he got dropped on the car and he just sat right up and no-sold it. So definitely shout out to him uh, for that spot. Now the ending to the match was kind of kooky but it made sense i just wish it wasn't shenanigan filled so the ending of the match came where mr stone who is the manager for von wagner came and hopped on the turnbuckle and then tried to like jump Braun breaker but of course Braun breaker caught him and dumped him back out to the outside but that was enough of a distraction for him to get caught in baron corbin's end of days and the one two three so baron corbin ended up getting the win for this match now I will say that this is a solid B. The one thing that killed the grade for me, of course, was the shenanigans at the end. But the reason why it didn't kill it completely is because the shenanigans actually made sense because Mr. Stone is trying to get revenge for Von Wagner. If you have been keeping up with NXT, uh, Braun Breaker put Von Wagner in the hospital by slamming his uh, steel steps into his head. And the storyline that they have is that Von Wagner actually had a um not an injury but he had a condition where his brain and his skull wasn't fully developed so getting hit with his, some steel steps into his head is like absolutely whoa so yeah i i will say that this match is definitely was definitely a solid b uh shouts out to both of them they really put on a, a great match and definitely shout out to the end of days for being still one of the most protected finishers in wwe i think only one person has ever kicked out of the end of days and that person no longer works for wwe so there's that so definitely shout out to that opening match and i'm looking forward to see what baron corbin has in store in his nxt run and where does barn breaker go from here does he go to the main roster or does he stay where he's at for a little while? We'll see. He's definitely main roster ready. I have no doubt that Braun will be successful on the main roster. That is, it is really, really crazy. That just reminds me of another spot where he actually did a Frankensteiner uh, off of the top of the turnbuckle. And yeah, he, the way that he rotates back over, he does it quicker than his uncle ever did it. And it just looks so smooth. It could have been smoother had not Baron like, 
I don't know. He kind of missed the fluidity of it, and that's no shade on Baron, but I mean, things you know, things aren't perfect in a wrestling ring, but still, that dude, Braun Breaker, bro, he is ready for the main roster, and I sincerely hope that when he goes up there, he will be a force to be reckoned with. Like WWE, you have a Steiner on your hands, you utilize him to the fullest. So, that brings us to the next match, which was the North American Championship. That match was, of course, Trick Williams versus the North American champion at the time, uh, Dirty Dominic Mysterio. And this match was a little clunky because obviously this was kind of put together last minute. You can tell. And granted, you know, both are still kind of green in the ring. I will say that Dominic has gotten better as the couple of years have gone on and Trick is still trying to like figure out a lot of his moveset and whatnot. But I will say that Trick has definitely shown a lot of growth as an in-ring performer because uh, about a year ago or a year and a half ago, dude didn't know what to do in the ring. But now, now you can tell that he is learning and that he's really, really giving it his all. And it really, really helps that that boy can get on a mic and talk. Like, he shows so much charisma on the mic. He shows that he can think on top of his head. He can cut a promo like nobody's business. Like, Trick Williams, for real, for real, he is, he, that boy going to be a superstar. Give him enough time. Give him some more uh, reps in the ring. That boy going that, that to be like the rock. I'm not going to say he's going to be to the level of the rock. Let's not go that far. But I'm saying just in terms of charisma that he's going to shine like that. So definitely definitely shout out to trick williams and i know that he got some new music in august for uh coming out and of course everybody was saying whoop that trick on beat a shout out to booger t because he is putting that entrance over like nobody's business anytime you hear the audience go whoop that trick booger t comes up and says yeah uh-huh like he he really is putting that interest over so big shout out to booker t for for doing that he don't know how much he's boosting that entrance but the match itself was a, a little clunky at times and it included the special guest referee dragon lee and i don't know what it is but it seems like when you're a special guest referee you shouldn't go through the same antics that regular referees go through like if you get bumped or knocked out you should be able to get back up just like you do when you're actually performing but the dragon lee man i'm gonna get to that real quick but you could tell that uh dom tried to sneak a trick at the beginning and dragon lee didn't realize that he did it so he tried to make a count and then of course dom got in his face we all know dom is playing the perfect heel right now like uh, he is the most despicable heel on any of wwe's rosters right now like you he goes into an audience or he goes to cut a promo they're gonna boo him out the building and he can't even try to he barely get a sentence in because they are booing him and that's not piped in booze like they are legit booing the hell out of him but you can see some of the antics that he does as a heel there they they it actually makes sense but still a couple times a couple cheap shots that he was trying to take in the beginning and he would get in dragon lee's face and dragon lee was just like no 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 we're not having that but the match itself even though it was clunky it was still really you know still a decent match uh, the the bump came, of course, when uh, Ray, not Ray, goodness gracious, Dominic was actually aiming a super kick at Trick, and Trick got out the way and ended up hitting Dragon Lee, and it knocked Dragon Lee out for a good five minutes. Now, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Don't ask. Now, there were a couple times where it looked like Trick had the one, two, three, but because there was no ref, 
it's like, okay, well, you're not getting a count here. Uh, another ref d- did come in and try to keep the match going, but there was also another ref bump where, and it looked like Mysterio was blinded, quote unquote, so he didn't know who he was hitting, but you could tell that that was, it was really like, it was purposeful because he ended up uh, knocking the ref down and the ref that took a bump ended up being laid out for another good five minutes too. But at the very end of the day, uh, same time, Trick did try to hit that cyclone kick that he has, but for the one, two, well, there was no count because, again, there was no ref. But there was a situation, like it's at the very end, where he did hit that uh, running knee that he has as his uh, finisher now, and he was able to wake up Dragon Lee in time, and he got the one, two, three, surprisingly. So Trick Williams is now your new NXT North American champion. I was not expecting Dom to lose the championship so soon, at the same time, that made me think that maybe it was meant for Ali again to have the championship, but he's no longer here. So they gave it the trick and we can see that uh, tricks charisma is really, really up there. So I think giving him a chance with the belt is going to do him some good. And I hope that he gets a few more reps in the ring because he has a lot of potential. The, the potential is there. And I think that he will do really good uh, once you know, he gets more comfortable being in the ring with other people and he develops those chemistry with those other wrestlers and performers. So definitely shout out to Trick Williams for becoming the new NXT North American champion. Again, this match was a solid B, uh, especially for the result. That's the main reason why I guess that the match itself, again, was still kind of clunky. So the match in, in terms of performance wise was probably somewhere between the C plus B minus range, but because of the end result and I, I am giving this a B. Now, for those of you who are Dominic Mysterio fans, you probably don't agree with me, but it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's just what it's going to be. No pun intended to Tricks and Mellow's catchphrase. But still, I enjoyed the match wholeheartedly. Now, the next match was the Fatal 4-Way tag team match for the NXT Tag Team Championship. Now, in this match, you had the Creed Brothers, which is Julius and Brutus, Versus, I guess they're no longer being called Los Lotharios, but you had uh, Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza, who are real-life cousins. You have the family, of course, who are the reigning NXT Tag Team Champions, and that is uh, Stax and Tony D'Angelo. And then you had a fairly new tag team. Uh, I forgot their names, but they call themselves OTM or Out the Mud. And, of course, their manager is Scripps, who was formerly known as Reggie. So the match itself actually was really, really good. And shout out to Humberto and Angel because they put that match on their backs. There were certain moves and move sets that they did that I was like, whoa, okay. There was one move where Humberto had one of the wrestlers in a gory bomb situation and then angel comes over the top and drops him in a and drops the person in the gory bomb position into a cutter and then holds him in a reverse headlock while Humberto comes and like lays a drop kick down to his upper chest like i'm like yo that was smooth as hell uh, i will say one of the biggest spots of this match was when julius got tagged in 
and he started doing those overhead belly to bellies and then doing the kip up right after it was crazy and then at one point he was able to get both otm members and do overhead suplexes and kip up and the crowd just started going nuts for that because dude is an absolute monster and an absolute workhorse there was another spot during the match where they all were on the top turnbuckle and all the faces had the heels in the uh superplex position and then all four of them or all eight men you know pretty much were involved in a superplex at the same time from all four corners of the ring and you have to get the timing specifically right in order to pull that off it wasn't like a doom 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 or one two three four it was it was simultaneous now maybe one hit faster than the other i'm not sure but the way that it just looked it was so beautiful so definitely shout out to them for that spot now at the very end of the day the family tony d'angelo and stacks ended up retaining the tag team championships after they hit that bada boom bada bing uh finisher that they have on one of the uh whether it was Humberto or Angel, I can't remember, but they hit it on. Uh, no, 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 no. It was one of somebody from OTM that took the fall. So they hit that that finisher on them. That's still not one of my favorite tag team finishers, but I mean, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, so they ended up getting the the victory there in a fairly, fairly decent match. That's a solid B plus for me. Um, though I guess the, the main reason why I did not get an A, an a was just because it probably could have... You know what? Scratch that. I'm going to change my rule. I'm going to give it an A minus. I'm going to just give it an A minus because it was a great tag team match, especially considering that NXT's tag team division right now looks very, very weak. This might be the match to spark that tag team uh, brilliance again. You know, back in NXT Black and Gold, the tag team division was one of the best divisions, if not the best division in all of wrestling. So, we all know how Vince feels about tag teams, but technically Vince is not in control as much anymore. It's Endeavor, and granted, he might be the executive chairman of the WWE uh, with with him being under TKO and whatnot, but he's not directly, directly in control of NXT. So it's up to Shawn Michaels and Triple H to really, really build up that tag team division again. And I think that they're on their way. If this match is any indicator, it shows that there are still some tag teams out there. They just have to continue building them up and making them look strong. So I'm hoping that the tag team division will once again reach that prominence that they were when it was black and gold. So that brings us to another match that I really, I don't want to talk about this just because it's like, uh, mm, I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know. It's uh, the Heritage Cup Championship. It's Noam Dar versus Butch, a.k.a. Pete Dunne. Of course, you know, Noam Dar has a metaphor in his corner, and Pete Dunne has his former British Strong Style and rival with him, uh, Tyler Bate. So the match itself... You can probably not be the biggest fan of the Brit of the British round matches because the NXT Heritage Cup Championship is fought under British rounds rules, which is uh six three minute rounds with uh best two well well two falls and you win kind of thing. I ain't gonna say best two out of three. It's pretty much you have six rounds or six three minute rounds to get two pinfalls or uh you know two submissions to in order to finish. 
So if the rules are a little clunky and whatnot, but of course, if you do uh, disqualification, obviously it goes to whoever wins, you know, whoever was disqualified loses and that round goes to that person. But you have to win two rounds pretty much either by pinfall submission or disqualification in order to actually win the championship. If it ends up in a draw at the very last round, then the champion retains. That's that's pretty much what it boils down to. So um, Noam Dar and Butch do have chemistry, though, because this is not the first time that they've seen each other in the ring and it probably won't be the last. But it was a great match. Just sometimes I will say that the commercial breaks do hurt the Heritage Cup championship. Like if you watch a championship match for the Heritage Cup on NXT TV on USA or on Peacock, then it can get a little frustrating because they they cut it off like in between matches and sometimes and those commercial breaks will really hurt the matches and they don't always go to six rounds but this time this went all six rounds it went the distance and granted yes the 20 second breaks in between the three minute rounds are a little eh, but still the match itself actually told a story and you can tell because there were times where uh, Oral Mensa from Metaphor would, uh, when the referee was distracted by the two ladies, which is Jakar Jackson and Lash Legend, anytime that they distracted re- the referee, Oral Mensa would come in and hit Butch with one of those kicks, and that would give the match or give the swing of the match right back to uh, Noam Dar. Now, at the end of the first round, of course, you could tell that Butch had uh, Noam in a hold and then when the bell sounded to end the round he let go but then norm dar hit him with that elbow at the very end and it really just made me wonder like what kind of ref do we have like the ref had made some questionable decisions in this match um as far as how many times that metaphor would continuously and i mean continuously try to distract the referee and just how sometimes norm dar would bend the rules to his way and it just was like, can we get a ref that is just like, hey, we're not going to do that anymore. If you do it again, you're disqualified or ejecting people from the ring. But again, these are these are wrestling refs. So we all know that they are kind of dumb. But that's to say that it ended up being a situation where they're one and one. Norm Dark got a fall on Butch and Butch ended up getting fall on Norm Dark. So in the very last round. Butch actually has to score the pinfall or the submission or get the disqualification to win the Heritage Cup championship. Now, obviously, you've, you've, you're getting distraction, distraction, distraction. Oramensa is distracting the ref. Tyler Bate comes and takes care of the Oramensa problem. So, okay, now we're good on there. And then it seems like when Butch has the match won, all of a sudden, here comes Gallus of all teams to come in and beat up P- uh, Tyler Bate, which, of course, Butch comes and you know, takes them out. But as soon as he gets back in the ring, oh, here comes old Joel Coffey. And he hits him with that uh, discus clothesline that he calls all the best for the Bells and knocks Butch out, which allows Norm Dower to come in and get the one, two, three and retain the NXT Heritage Cup championship. Now, the match itself was an A, but that ending dropped it down to a B minus for me. And I I just want to say that it took seven people, seven people to keep Butch from winning that championship. I think that was a bit overbooked, in my opinion. 
that's just me personally, almost like the North American championship. It, it just felt like it was overbooked and we could have done without the Gallus interference. I guess we're going to get a British strong style versus Gallus matchup somewhere down the line. I think that's what they were trying to set up. Uh, and I guess maybe because Joe was trying to get his revenge for losing in the final round to Butch. I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. And I'm not really the biggest fan of Gallus. They are not entertaining to me in any way whatsoever. They can't talk on the mic except for maybe Joe. And Joe's moveset is just kind of like, eh. He's not the most entertaining wrestler. I understand that he has that brawler type moveset. But you really have to find like a, an entertaining way to get that over. And he just does not. Uh, and let's just talk about the way that he interfered in the match. He actually fell when he got into the ring. And then he didn't even connect with all the best for the bells. It's just that Butch happens to be a great seller and sold it like he got his, you know, his, his clock cleaned. But needless to say, um, Noam Dar retaining. Actually, I don't have a problem with it. I just had a problem with the how he retained. Uh, it just, again, overbooked with too much interference and the ref just being an overall dumbass. So it, it the, the match lost some momentum because of that. So it, it definitely gets a B minus here for me. Uh, I can't wait to see what Noam Dar and the metaphor do as far as what they do uh, in NXT and how this faction will continue to do whatever the hell that they was doing because they were very entertaining throughout the uh, global invitational tournament. I do want to see another champion outside of Noam Dar because it just seems like the NXT Heritage Cup is just like strictly for Noam Dar. Like I do want to see Tyler Bate act, hold the championship one time. I do want to see Butch hold it. I do want to see Nathan Frazier. I want to see somebody else other than Noam Dar hold on to the championship because Norm Dar is now a three-time champion and just kind of like it, feel, it feels like the cup was made specifically for him or at least it's built around him. And in order for y'all to get that championship to actually get to another height, other than that, you've got to find a way to build it up past Norm Dar, in my opinion. Like you have to find a way to build that championship without Norm Dar in the picture. But that's just my personal opinion about the championship itself. So fair enough. The match was good. The ending killed the momentum B minus. Now this brings us to one of two of, I guess it's really not the main event, but boy, was this main event heavy. This was for the NXT championship. It was Ilya Dragunov, the man, the bad dragon versus of course him, Carmelo Hayes, who is the current NXT champion. And I honestly cannot describe this match because it was just it was just too too good. It's really really hard to explain this. Like Ilya Dragunov does not have a bad match and Carmelo Hayes is just really really that good in the ring. These two have a chemistry that is oh my god, the chemistry is just beyond great. Like these two know how to work a ring and they know how to work a crowd. This match was phenomenal absolutely phenomenal and i have to say that this i did expect carmelo to actually lose the championship when trick williams won the north american championship that was an indicator in my mind like okay carmelo might actually lose and he did we do have a brand new nxt champion Ilya dragunov who is the only person to legitimately hold the NXT UK championship and the NXT championship. 
I and I say legitimate because when the NXT when the lineage of the NXT UK Championship died with Braun Breaker, he technically wasn't the last holder. He was it was just like okay, the championship is dying and it's becoming the part of the NXT Championship. Uh, so Tyler Bate was literally the last person to hold the NXT UK Championship um, according to their record books. So to see Ilya become the first person to hold both the U- NXT UK Championship and the NXT Championship is phenomenal and the dude is 29 years old carmelo hayes i believe is 26 these two have a lot and i mean just a lot of chemistry and their their in-ring prowess is just beyond phenomenal beyond phenomenal like i and i knew that when they both came into WWE that they had outside experience. Like a lot of people don't know that, you know, Carmelo Hayes is not a home super homegrown NIL talent from WWE. That boy was working the Indies before he became part of WWE. And I could tell just from their first, his very, very first match in the NXT breakout tournament, that boy, (laughs) I was like, he ain't no rookie. (laughs) He's not, he's done this before. So through seeing his growth through NXT as a multi-time NXT North American champion and a at the NXT champion dude has got a wonderful NXT career and when he gets to the main roster he is going to be a star so definitely shout out to Carmelo Hayes but this match in general was great i didn't think that they could top their match at great american bash and they found a way to do it and it's really, really hard to like describe the matches because it was just so good and so much stuff happened. You really have to like go back and watch. And I think that's one of the things that I'm going to do. I'm going to actually go back and watch the match itself. But it was just that damn good. <laughs> it's, it's really, really hard. I will say that one of the highlights of this match is that anytime that Carmelo Hayes was looking to do nothing but net, which is his like leg drop off the top, uh, Ilya Dragunov found a way to stop him from doing it. He's like, you are not going to hit this move today. And he did not. There was an instance where he was on, uh, Carmelo was like on the outside apron while Ilya was on the second turnbuckle. And he literally put him in a, a vertical suplex position and brought him over the ropes and hit a superplex. Dude is mad, mad strong. Now, Ilya never got a chance to hit his uh, Torpedo Moscow, which is one of his finishers, but uh, a couple times he hit one H-bomb from the mat, one, two, ooh. He hit another H-bomb, which is a forearm to the face. Uh, from the second rope, still one, two, ooh. It took a third H-bomb from the very top of the rope that and Ilya Dragunov came on and he slammed his forearm into Carmelo Hayes's chin face or upper neck area and he finally got the one two three so Ilya Dragunov is the new NXT champion and at the very end of course he told Carmelo to stand up and they hugged it out at the very end but we have a new NXT champion ladies and gentlemen this match oh my it's really just hard to describe how great this match was this is an s (laughs) <laughs> this is this is an S ranked match. Like I'm, I kid you not. Go back and watch. Ilya Dragunov does not have bad matches, and I'm gonna say that Carmelo Hayes barely has bad matches. And put these two together, and oh my God, you got an instant classic. This is a match of the year contender. I kid you not. Now, will it be match of the year? I don't know, but it's definitely a contender. It's up there. 
and it might be if it's if we're sticking to just NXT, this is definitely match of the year. But if we're talking across all of wrestling, it's it's up there. It's up there. And if we if we're talking all of WWE, WWE is definitely up there. So hats off. Thank you, gentlemen, for an amazing, amazing match. And now that brings us to the main event, which is uh, Tiffany Stratton versus the NXT champion Becky Lynch for the NXT Women's Championship in an Extreme Rules match. Now, was this as good as the match before it? Eh, probably not. That's not to say that this match wasn't great. This was a great match, too. Like, WWE found a way to have two great uh, championship matches at the very end. And I, I guarantee you that if you did not go home completely, completely satisfied after watching this. I don't know what the hell you were watching, but this championship match was phenomenal. Definitely shout out to Tiffany Stratton. She has come a long way in the two years that she's only been in WWE and her gymnastics ability that has definitely helped her out as well. But I kid you not like her wrestling prowess has just gotten so, so great. That swanton bomb that she has is so fluid. Like, I thought that no one would be ever able to do it better than Jeff Hardy. And that's no shade to Jeff Hardy. That's my man, 50 Grand. But, yeah, Tiffany, she makes that shit look like it's just another day at the office. And the how fluid it is, it is just absolutely phenomenal. So definitely chef's kiss to that. There was a spot, of course, where they actually fought out in the crowd. And Becky Lynch actually had to grab a chain from who I found out was her stylist. And she hit uh, Tiffany in the back of the head with the chain. Now, it might have caught a part of her face because Tiffany did end up leaking like on her right eye for the longest. So, uh, yeah, the match definitely got brutal. Uh, there was a spot. I don't remember which spot it was, but uh, Becky actually cut her arm and it needed stitches afterwards. So, these two women, they put their bodies on the line, and they went at it. There were a couple of maybe could have been better spots. Like, obviously, when uh, Tiffany lost track of Becky and Becky hit her with the fire extinguisher under the ring, it, that could have been better because it looked like Becky was just sitting there for the longest. Like, as soon as uh, Tiffany opened up the apron to find her there, it was just like one, two, and then all of a sudden there was a spray. Like, no, as soon as that apron comes up, you need to be like, ah, I got you, bitch. But um, still. There was also a part where instead of Becky having thumbtacks in the black bat, it was like chopped up Barbie dolls, which I guess is to uh, taking a shot at Tiffany Stratton's character because she's supposed to be like this. Uh, I don't want to call her airhead, but she's supposed to be like a Barbie esque character and who always says stuff like this and, 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 and talking with the inflection of every other word in her voice. And oh, my gosh, I had a Tiffany epiphany. That's that's kind of her character. And it is so annoying. But, I mean, that's her character, and it works, especially for her being a heel. So it definitely does work, and I see why she did that. Um, There was uh, a situation where, again, Becky was on the table, and Tiffany Stratton hit a swanton on the table, and the table did not give. <laughs> it did not give. It's like, yo, okay, usually the table breaks, but it did, in this case, it did not. Uh, so she, of course, threw Becky Lynch back in the ring and then hit a swanton, a regular swanton bomb from the ring. And again, it was a one-two kickout, but still, absolutely, uh, still absolutely beautiful move. No, no matter how you slice it, there was uh, there was one more spot where uh, 
Tiffany hit that backspring backflip elbow and she hit Becky Lynch and then actually into the barricade and the, and the barricade actually gave, which is probably the, <laughs> the weakest that I've seen the barricade ever give for a move like that. But it's still added to the allure of the actual story and the allure of the actual match. So the ending of the match came, of course, where Becky is uh, lying on a whole bunch of steel chairs and Tiffany tries to go for the PME or the prettiest moonsault ever. And she actually lands face first into the chairs. Becky runs up, grabs her. And for those who don't know her finish, one of her finishes called the manhandle slam, which is pretty much a rock bottom or, you know, uh, Uranagi or falling Uranagi. And she slams Tiffany Stratton. And it looks like Tiffany Stratton's head like literally slams into the chair itself. Um, I knew that she was going to do it on the steel, but just the way that the move is like landed, you when you take a bump, and this is just me, you know, doing my wrestling research, you're, you know, you're supposed to suck your chin. And so when you land on stuff like that, you know, your lower, your upper back is going to hit, but it's to keep your head from like bouncing off the ring and, you know, causing you serious injury. But it just looked like Tiffany's head like smacks the chair. And I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, the way that it sounded, it just, it just sounds like concussion central. But after that move, of course, Becky gets the one, two, three and retains the NXT women's championship. This match was an A plus. So hats off to those women. They really, really did that. They closed the show and Tiffany Stratton actually, even though she lost the match, you can really, really tell that she did not lose the, uh, the build at all. And sometimes there's victory in defeat and she really got over as a character and i think her in-ring ability has improved so 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 much that you run in the ones and twos with with becky that shows just how far that she's come and what her ceiling looks like and the, the sky is the limit for tiffany stratton as much as i don't like her character i mean she's a heel she's supposed to be unlockable but there are heel characters that i like i don't particularly like that one but that just means that she's doing her job that being said she is still phenomenal in the ring and Becky, I think, gave her that stamp of approval. Now we get to see Becky Lynch versus somebody who we haven't seen in a while, and that's Tegan Knox. And I believe that that match is coming at the time of this recording. That match is going to be on Raw. So I can't wait to see what Becky and Tegan do in the ring. And then I just also can't wait to see why who else is going to be challenging for the NXT Women's Championship. Now there are going to be some detractors out there who are wondering why Becky Lynch, who is you know, at this point, a multi-time women's champion on the main roster is the NXT women's champion now and not giving it up for the younger ones. Well, that all goes down to a lot of the uh, older or the seasoned vets on the main roster coming down and actually helping the the NXT roster improve. And on top of that is Becky Lynch. Of course, this is going to be a ratings grab, especially since uh, WWE slash TKO is, has been signing that new deal with NBC Universal slash Comcast, and they about to take SmackDown off of Fox and move it to USA in a few years in 2024 and possibly move Raw and NXT to uh, an M regular NBC. Like, that should be indicator enough that they're trying to get that ratings. They're trying to get those ratings. And if you have not seen Tiffany Stratton versus Becky Lynch the first time on NXT, 
you can see what those ratings did for that show. Like, <laughs> for the first time in a while, I think NXT actually beat out AEW Dynamite in the ratings and because of that one match and just because of that card. So, I mean, you, you let me know if you think otherwise. But overall, I would say that NXT No Mercy was a solid A PLE. And I'm just saying, I haven't given a PLE from NXT that great in a long time. Just in general, I think the last time I gave it that kind of grade, it was still black and gold. So when they went to 2.0, obviously the 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 PLEs there just weren't the same. It was like, eh, it just didn't feel right. But since Stand and Deliver, those PLEs have actually been really, really, really solid. And this one, by far, was the best PLE of the year. So definitely shout out to all the men and women on the NXT roster and definitely shout out to Shawn Michaels and the team at the Performance Center for helping build up the NXT roster for what it is. This really was a great, great PLE. Definitely shout out to y'all. Hats, uh, hats off. Uh, I could not be more impressed, and I will actually probably run that PLE back again just to see what I missed. One thing that I will say that I missed uh, in the tag team match, of course, there was a spot where Tony D'Angelo left for a while to, you know, sell his knee injury, and then just for him to come back and be, you know, play superhero. It, obviously, it was done before because we saw that uh, Bianca Belair did it uh, for the uh, WWE Women's Championship match. Uh, before she lost it to EO Sky, obviously, to sell that knee injury, which is really just her taking a break. And But still, yeah, uh, the, the fact that they did it, you know, sometimes doing it too much is a bit eh. But that's also what killed the, uh, the grade in the match as well. That being said, the match was still great. Uh, I, I still will stand by that A-minus. So definitely, definitely shout out to them for being able to put on a great show. Uh, let me know how you feel. If you watched NXT No Mercy, if you are a wrestling fan, just let me know how you feel about the uh, series itself and how you felt about the card. Was it a great card? Do you think it could have been better? What do you think was your favorite part? What was your least favorite part? Just let me know. You, of course, if you are a Patreon subscriber, you will see this first. So definitely shout out to y'all for being a Patreon subscriber. If you're not a Patreon subscriber, please be sure that you go to patreon.com forward slash chaotic culture pod so you can check out this episode uh, and all the video podcast episodes that we have on this platform. Again, I may post this on YouTube. I may not. I haven't posted one yet because I want to make sure that all of my Patreon subscribers get that exclusive content. And this review will also be posted either on Monday or Tuesday, just depending on how I'm feeling. But of course, if you're a Patreon subscriber you will get it first so with that in mind guys uh thank you for tuning into this chaotic review uh, i hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day and a wonderful rest of your week tune in next week of course chaotic culture podcast will be back with the regular squad uh we've got a lot of stuff in store for you this upcoming season so please be sure that you stay tuned for that in the meantime in between time guys this has been ked the pro with the Chaotic Culture Podcast. Until next time, folks, embrace the culture, chaos rules. Be blessed, be safe, God is love. Two up, two down. It's the KKP on your mother flipping airways. Hear the name ringing through the halls and the stairways. You were listening to a part that can segue. All the latest toppers guaranteed to fill your headspace. It's a safe place to voice your opinion. Say what you feel just like you're a kid again. Kid to pro and friends, black as obsidian. Chaotic culture, that's the world we living in.
so what's the word? You are now tuned in to the Chaotic Culture Podcast. And...